Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom Terrace, Tom DeAngelis, and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Awesome, awesome. We have a great gospel reading today. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to John chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life and see how Jesus wants to grow us and teach us and feed us today. So, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life? I would love to. Thanks for asking in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. You are an awesome, awesome God. Sorry for the times that we are we're not so awesome uh, and, we, and we lose our way. Thank you, Lord, for the patience that you have with us each and every day, just waiting for us to come to you, giving us the, the free will to choose you, that in humility you just wait for us. You've chosen us, and you're waiting for us to choose you. So, Lord, please give us the courage to choose you today and every day of our lives. And in the times that we don't choose you through uh, our words and our actions, our thoughts and our, our omissions, uh, Lord, just give us the grace to turn back, turn back to the light, and then allow you to heal us and, and, and move us in the direction that, that will draw us closer to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Awesome. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love today? Sure. A reading from the gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but the people preferred darkness to light because their works were evil. For everyone who who does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Well, as you were reading, Tom, I got totally challenged. The first words you said was, Jesus said to Nicodemus, and the Lord said, put your name there. So I did. Jesus said to David, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish and might have eternal life. 
And um, and he said, and then God puts it in my heart and asks me the question, do you do that at every moment to everyone you meet? Do you have that zeal for the Father, that zeal for eternal life? Do you have it? And do you live it? Is that the billboard, your life's example? Is that the billboard, the invitation to the heavenly banquet, to the fact that we can have eternal life in, with, and through Jesus Christ, through the price he paid for my choice to sin? And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious, Lord, that's a challenge. That's a challenge, because you know what? The gospel message of Jesus Christ is the good news. It's joyful. We need to be people of joy and passing out this good news message that Jesus paid the price. And what what do we have to do? I want to know, what do we have to do? Jesus tells us, repent. Turn away from sin. Cry out to God, Lord, have mercy on me. And then with a heart, truly a heart of contrition, go to God. Ask for forgiveness of the sins. And, if, and we as Catholics know we have this beautiful, beautiful sacrament of reconciliation where when Jesus commands us to confess our sins to one another, we know we have the safety and the security of that divine physician working through the vessel he chooses, the priest, to confess our sins. And we know, just like a psychiatrist and a psychologist and a medical doctor take an oath, a Hippocratic oath, they will not tell of the illness of the body to anyone, the illness of the mind to anyone, a priest is sealed in the confessional. He cannot divulge anything, anything that we confess through him to Jesus, through Jesus up to God the Father. He cannot divulge it. It's a safe place where we know our sins will not be repeated. They will be forgiven and then put away forever. And they won't be brought up again and again and again. So, man, I thank you, Lord, for that great sacrament where you blew on the apostles. You gave them that gift. Who sinned you, forgive or forgiven. Who sinned you, retain or retain. Thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every one of our priests and bishop who have said their yes, given their full fiat. I am all in, Lord, as a vessel of the Lord. They are the servants of the Lord, doing the will of God, doing the word of God, just like Mary. And they've been given holy orders, this amazing sacrament that Jesus bestowed on them at Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and breathed his life into them. And then we get as the laity to go and confess our sins as the book of James commands us, confess them in a safe place. Because that's an act of two things. Humility, to go before another human being. God always chooses, isn't this amazing? instruments to use human beings. Jesus didn't pop into the world. He chose the instrument, Mary. You know, Peter didn't just, or God just didn't raise the dead. He chose Peter to raise the dead. He chose Peter to cure the ill. God chooses us broken vessels. And then Jesus, when we get our relationship right with God, works in through in us, through us, and with us. And so again, ladies and gentlemen, man, go to that safe place. Get clean. Get clean. Why? So that we can then be messengers of this good news, the gospel message of Jesus Christ, and take joy into the world in everything we do so that we can be those living Bibles, the Word incarnate, enfleshed in us, billboards for people that say, come, taste and see, meet Christ. And what comes to my mind as you're sharing that, David, is unconditional love 
unconditional love, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. What, what a great act of stewardship that is. You know, we're, we're, the four of us work uh, in ministry at Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and our, our mission is to spread the gospel message of stewardship, that everything we have is a gift from God that we're to use to help others, but God showed us the way. He gave for God so loved the world, for God so loved Tom, for God so loved Tom, for God so loved David, for God so loved Rob, that he gave his only son. He gave his only son. He chose us. He chose us. And out of humility, he's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting for us to choose him. He's waiting there, just ready each time that we choose him. And if we fall and we turn our back, he's waiting for us to choose him again. But it's just awesome to, just to know the unconditional love that if we were the only people in the world, God would have came and he would have sent his son to, to be born, to live, to suffer, and die just for us. And Rob, what you just shared opened up a beautiful truth to, uh, to me. When we go to the confessional and we confess our sins to God through that instrument he chose to use, the priest, and the priest, like St. Paul, is no longer Christ, but Christ living in him, so he's in persona Christi. At the end of the confession, when, when that words of absolution, when we truly go in there with a contrite heart, we want to turn away from sin. We need God's grace to do it. And the words of absolution make us clean. The priest gives us what we call penance. And some people think that's punishment. Oh, no, 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 no. God gives us the gift of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the ultimate gift and the gift of his life for us. The penance the priest gives us is not from the priest. It's from God himself working through the priest, through Jesus Christ, to give us a, a gift to give back to God. And it's for our good. That penance is beautiful. It's our response because Jesus paid the price. He truly gave everything he had. So when the priest gives us, you know, for your penance, pray this or do this act of service or whatever, it's us saying, I receive the gift that is free, that the Lord Jesus Christ paid for me. And now, Lord, receive this gift back to you. And through giving that gift of penance back to him, it helps our soul. It helps us grow closer. It brings, it restores the relationship which we chose to break. That's beautiful, Rob. So that just opened up to me. Yeah, I see how it restores the light in your soul that was, uh, you know, had turned dark because of the sins that we, you know, commit, and that how great confession is at at showing us that Jesus is the way. When He says, "Whoever lives the truth comes to the light," and I'm thinking, "Well, the truth," you know, Jesus said, "I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the light." and um, whoever comes to me, you know, will not perish. And so this shows us that he's the way. So you, you might get lost in the darkness saying, well, Lord, how can I ever get out of this? But he is that, that small light that we can follow. And so this is a, a great uh, news to me, and, and also a, hum, uh, uh, a sobering one, because I see the word verdict there, and whenever you think of the word verdict, you know, like if there's some sort of a, a case, uh, a special case going on that's public, and you're all waiting by the radio. Oh, what's the verdict? Has a verdict come in yet? You know, and Jesus is saying, this is the verdict. And it's like, wow, you know, like, I almost see like my particular judgment right here saying, Tom, you know, I was the light, but you preferred darkness instead of me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like, your ways were evil, you know. Uh, I can just imagine that moment when I would, you know, pass away and not be in the grace of God. So please, everyone out there, you know, this time of Lent, get to confession, you know, Amen. and don't be afraid, you know, like God wants to give you 
the light, his life, you know. He wants to take that darkness out of you and, and fill it with his light. So, amen. God bless. And I think, too, that the thing that jumps out at me here in reading this again uh, is that this whole idea of whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe is already condemned, is, is already condemned. I mean, that's a, that's a kind of thing that we, you know, at least I do go over it and say, well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But when you think about what Jesus is talking about here <clears throat> in terms of belief in him, um, it's it's more than just, oh, yeah, okay, I believe. I mean, there's there's got to be something more that we that we bring to it than just an assent to the fact that, you know, he's the son of God. Um, anybody who believes will not be condemned. And think about what condemned means. I mean, when a person is condemned, they go to prison. They're trapped. They're, they're, they're wrapped up. They, they have, their options are cut off. They can only do the things that, that, they, that you do in prison. That's it. You know, you, your freedom is restricted. So who, whoever believes in him will not be condemned, will not be restricted, will not be you know, put into prison, put into a, you know, put into a, a place where their freedom is restricted. But, but listen to this, whoever, um, whoever does not believe is already condemned. So they're, they're already restricted. They're already in jail. They're already a prisoner. They're already wrapped up because, because they don't believe, specifically because they don't believe. If they would believe, they would not be condemned. The prison door opens, they're out, they're free. They, they can they can make decisions. They can choose their own life. And that's a, that's a key point, Tom, because that exemplifies our free will. God, do you know how many, he sent, mm-hmm. how many people he sends to heaven? Or, I'm sorry, God. Do you know how many people he sends to hell? None. Right. It says it right here. We freely choose mm-hmm. to break that relationship. And if we break it at the time of our death, we break it throughout our life. We've made our choice through our actions of eternal separation from God. And that's why the words that are used are so important in this, that who everyone who believes may have eternal life, might not perish, might have eternal life, might be saved. It doesn't say will, because God, if we utter the words, Lord, Lord, and the scripture is very clear about that, but don't live it out in our lives, all about Jesus, doesn't, don't live the life, the Lord says, I don't know you, but I went to church every Sunday. I went to confession just like you told me. But if you didn't have that relationship, that relationship of love and the works of love aren't the fruit of your life, the Lord says, I don't know you, because that's a deep level of intimacy, deep level of intimacy. So for me, this may, might, 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 man, it's a free will choice. You know, and here's the key. Guess what? The demons recognize. They believe Jesus is the Christ. They believe he's God. Are they saved? No. No. So there's a deeper meaning to the word believe because believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word of God incarnate. The word became flesh. So you need to know, as the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us, St. Jerome spoke it, ignorance of sacred scripture, the Bible, is ignorance of Jesus Christ. If you don't know the Bible, which is the blueprint of how we're to live our life and gain through the free gift of God salvation in through and with Jesus Christ, man, we're we're walking in, in really uncertain areas. So believe, we need to believe in every word Jesus spoke. 
obey my commandments. Remain in my love. If you don't obey my commandments, you don't remain in my love. We make a free will choice to do what? Break the relationship. Walk away. And that's why, you know, for me, oh my goodness, you know, I don't want mites. I don't want maize. But you know what? Every day, I've got to do an examination of conscience to fight the Holy Spirit in to show me where I've fallen. Why? So I can repent. And the church teaches we can go direct to God. And we can ask for forgiveness for those sins and pray for that forgiveness. That's called a venial sin. Scripture tells us those sins, pray for. Uh Uh-oh, but there's another part. Scriptures tell us mortal sin, sin that causes death, don't pray for. That's where we go to the priest and we go, whoa, I'm spiritually dead. I can't even pray for myself because I chose grave matter, fully aware of that, and I made a choice of, of the will to do it. That's grave sin. That's mortal sin. Grave. I get it? In the cemetery, grave. (laughs) You're dead spiritually, right? So when we do that, thank you, Lord, for this great gift to go to that confessional. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Every time we go to the confessional with spiritually dead to mortal sin, Jesus raises us from the dead through the instrument of the priest from the spiritually dead. That's what it's all about. How often should we go? Once a year? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll put it this way in human terms. How often do you take a shower? If you take it once a year, how do you think you look, smell, and what kind of an invitation are you to the people who come to know Jesus Christ? Probably not too good. So if you take a shower every day, you get ready every day, you get dressed every day, my recommendation, daily, daily, ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you fell, repent, ask for the grace, you get the forgiveness from God, and then, and then go to the sacrament of confession. Go, 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 go. The Bible calls it the ministry of reconciliation, St. Paul says. That was given to the church. It's right in the Bible. So go to that beautiful, beautiful gift and get reconciled with God. My recommendation, once a week if you need to. Once every two weeks. Once every three weeks. Why? Stay pure. Why? Because we're called to be perfect. We're called to be holy, as God the Father is. Why? So that we can perfectly... And with all holiness, bring living water into the world. That's Jesus Christ flowing in us, with us, and through us. So that people that encounter us encounter Christ and say, I want what you have. And the question that keeps kind of going around in my mind is, does my behavior match my belief? We're talking about belief in here. Does my behavior match my belief in every aspect of life, at home, in the workplace, at school, and activities, everywhere? Does my behavior match my belief? And uh, I was... My wife and I were, were meeting with a priest a couple weeks ago, and we met together, and then we each met individually, and he was asking me about my relationship with the Lord, and he said, you can tell a lot about your relationship with the Lord by looking at your wife's face. Hmm. And then I shared that with somebody, and he said that, uh, I forget the person's name that, that, that coined that, they, they said, you can tell a lot about a man's walk with the Lord by the countenance on his wife's face. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. So if my belief is stated and my behavior especially with my wife doesn't match in in terms of treating her you know putting her first after my relationship with god and and treating her as i would my you know my best client or anybody that i want to you know develop a a business relationship with then i'm i'm not i'm not behaving in a way that matches my belief right and so many times we want to we want to serve we want to do all this good stuff and the people who are closest to us get the leftovers, right? Our, our, our spouses, our brothers, our sisters, our kids, 
you know, those who are closest to us, that we should love the most, get, get the leftovers, because, you know, there's a lot of history in, the, in those relationships. There's a lot of wounds, and, and there's some, maybe some unforgiveness or resentment, and all that stuff just kind of bubbles up to the surface, and, and, uh, and we don't treat each other like we should in those close relationships. So now during Lent, Tom, as you're, you know, exhorting everybody to, to, to take advantage of the beautiful sacrament of confession during Lent, just be open to the Lord revealing to you, and Lord, I'm asking you to open open up my heart where have i uh, where have i dropped the ball in those closest relationships where especially through sins of omission where have i dropped the ball and you know rob as you were just sharing that i was thinking of this little ditty the more you become like christ the purer you become through going to the sacrament of reconciliation getting clean staying clean daily reflection the more irresistible you become to your spouse who's attracted by not you, Rob, even though you're handsome, but by the Christ that lives in you. That's it. That's it. And I was just thinking, as, as you were sharing, Rob, the word condemn. And it reminded me of a God story that just happened. I call it a divine appointment. It just happened at our church. My father was sharing the story at our 11 o'clock mass of the woman at the well and the encounter she had with Christ, you know, and that beautiful exchange of words. And then that reminded me that just happened at our church that morning after the 7.30 Mass. Let me tell you what happened. I'm standing out in the vestibule talking to a friend of mine, and now listen to the words with spiritual ears. A man walks into the church, walks over to us, and said, excuse me, I'm lost, and I can't find my way. Sir, can you help me? Well, those words rang the spiritual bells in my ear, and so I asked a question. What are you looking for? And he answers, well, I heard about this group that's meeting in Elizabethtown that teaches this Ricky that, uh, that, that I want to learn. He said, and I'm open to learn. Well, immediately, I remembered three days earlier, I found, a, I found out from my spiritual director that Ricky was a New Age spiritual type of massage healing faith that's been condemned by the Vatican, so it's, it's not healthy. Watch what I do. Again, praying in my heart, help me, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do here. I reach out my hand, and I said, my name's David. What's your name? And the man lit up. He said, my name's David, too. <laughs> I ask another question. Do you know what the name David means? And the man's face, no, I don't. What does the name David mean? And I look right at him, and I said, it means beloved of God. You could have heard the key to his heart open. The, the, his expression on his faith was one of wonder and awe. He said, I never knew that. And I walked over to our bookshelves, thank you, Stewardship Permission of Faith, and picked up a booklet called Volume 2, The Eucharistic Heart of Jesus. That's what the Lord inspired me to do, and I gave it to him. I asked him a question. I always ask a question. I said, would you like a gift? He said, oh, I'd love one. Thank you so very much. And I said, may God bless you on your journey. And it was interesting because when I, he told me about he was going to this Ricky, he said also these, this statement. He said, the directions I have are taking me in the wrong directions, and I can't find my way. Now, the funny part about this story is my friend is standing beside me. He's got his iPhone. He's trying to find out where the directions are to take this man to a new age spiritual religion. And I said to my friend, Edward, I said, hey, we just had a divine appointment. We just had a God moment. He said, what, what, what do you mean? What happened? And then I slowly went through and I shared with him, if we have spiritual ears to hear, 
spiritual eyes to see, God will use us to not condemn. I didn't say that, man. Oh, Ricky's bad. Ricky's this. Ricky's... No, not to condemn, but to love him where he's at, to give him living water, to make it personal, and then plant those seeds of faith, water the seeds others has planted, and then pray for him by name and allow God to grow them. Um, picking up on uh, something you mentioned earlier, um, David, well, actually, David and Tom both mentioned about uh, confession. Uh, it's a time-honored tradition in a Catholic church to examine your conscience every night before you do your evening prayers, because that way you not only um, look at the things that you've done during the day, but you also get into a routine or a habit. So that's one of the things that helps uh, us to become more aware of the omissions, because it takes that daily repetition for us to identify those things and then try to work them out. Those are the things that don't come to us when we examine our conscience once a month before we go to confession uh, or once a year, if, if that's what it is. But the And I picked up on the other point that you made, David, about the word condemned. Um, for he who believes uh, in, for whoever believes in him, that is the Son of Man, will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe is already condemned. So, we, you know, I mentioned that before. You're already condemned if you don't believe, so you're already in prison. But if you, if you do believe, you're not condemned, but it doesn't say that you're saved. It just says you're not in prison. So your freedom then is, is what we use to examine our conscience, to be able to keep ourselves closer to Christ. And then the last thing that I wanted to point out is something that you said, David, that really hit me was, do you have a relationship? You said, do you have a relationship with God? Do you have a relationship with love? And I thought, do I have a relationship with love? Capital L, love. Do I understand what love is in the human heart, what it is in the human condition? Do I, do I have a relationship with that? And do I see it as a personal you know, as that unconditional love that you talked about, Rob, that and I and I embrace that. I somehow or another am able to put my arms around that and say, yes, I have a relationship with it. In fact, I have a love relationship with it, that as I see that every place, I see that as you do, David, you know, you go into a 7-Eleven when you're, you know, doing all these things. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my that was my take on it. Well, I love it. And, you know, they call. Many of the church fathers call the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of love, the sacrament of mercy, the sacrament of, of compassion. Jesus came and paid the price to set the captives free, free, receive the gift, and live life, what for? Abundantly. That's why Jesus came to earth, paid the price for you and me. May God bless each and every one of you on your Lenten journey. God bless. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 
On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.